You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, fantasy sports, and now Major League Baseball. Start looking for those podcasts. Find your favorite Major League Baseball team and find that Locked On podcast for you. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. We're coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, good morning. Yeah, let's talk some baseball this morning, Doug. Or are we going to wait on that? We're, We're going to wait on that okay. until okay. never because I can't, talk <laughs> I can't talk to it at all. I, hey, our, our buddy Alan from Frame Warehouse, go see him. He loves the Locked on Yankees podcast. There so you go. Looking out for that. There you go. Check that podcast out. We're also joined this morning by our draft expert. It is Draft Wednesdays here, a new tradition on Locked On Hornets. We're joined by the host of Locked On Nets, Gavin Shawl. Know it, Shawl. Shawl about the Benjamins. Shawl and the family. Gavin, a good time. Gavin, what's going on, my man? Wow. I, I mean, uh, incredibly fired up after that introduction. And, and I'm another guy who enjoys the Locked On Yankees podcast. Oh. Really perfect. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get going, guys. Now, who hosts the Locked On Yankees podcast? You know, I, my, my enjoyment's only hypothetical at this point. I haven't had, I haven't had an opportunity to listen yet, but I am, I, 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 I'm from New York. I don't love baseball, but I am, I would consider myself a Yankees fan. So I'm going to listen. Yours, me, so, okay. I get it. I, so I have Ga- a comprehensive answer for you guys. Gavin yeah. is a, he, yeah. see, he's a fan of the Yankees. He's also a fan of locked on. Thus the transitive property of fandom yeah. says that he is a fan of locked on Yankees, despite not knowing no, just just inherently, I, I enjoy. I don't. I don't necessarily have to listen to enjoy it. It's it's. Uh, right. I, I know I will. Our, that's how our our podcast is best consumed as well. Actually, <laughs> I don't think anyone knows it. either of our names, and I say it every show. I think that no one knows our names. I'm I'm fairly certain. Hey guys, you know as long as long as they as long as they download and, and maybe, maybe click on it every once in a while, you're, you're set. That's, it's all really about the clicks, baby. It's all about yeah. those clicks. Priority numero uno. And we and we appreciate every single one of them. All right, Gavin, we've got to talk. Uh, we've got a few questions here about the Final Four and the draft and who we should be watching. But before we get to that, I, I just want to ask you, what is your favorite part of draft season, and what is your least favorite part of draft season? Do you have a favorite and least favorite part about this time of the year when everyone, when Jonathan Gavoni? Uh, comes back to the United States and reports on all of these European players, and and Mike Schmitz makes a bunch of videos. And what's what's your favorite part of of draft season? Yeah, no, I, I wait I wait on pins and needles just just tracking uh, Jonathan Gavoni's flights. But uh, you know, my my answer I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit, but I think my answer might be the same to both questions. And it's just how much guys' stock fluctuates this time of year. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kind of like part of me, like finds it ridiculous year after year after year, because so many times we we've seen NCAA tournament results, not necessarily translate to the NBA, which makes sense because it's, it's an incredibly 
small sample size. And I think it, it's similar to the premise of, of basing guys entire reputation in the NBA off their playoff performance. And, and, and the NCAA tournament, the sample is usually even shorter. You're not even guaranteed four games. In fact, the vast majority of teams don't play four games. I mean, it's guys like Andrew Wiggins and I guess you could theoretically there, there's a debate on just how good he is and whether or not he's been worthy of the number one pick where he was drafted. But I remember his last college game, he had like four points on like five shots and people were absolutely trashing him. And then two, three months later, he, he was the number one pick in the draft. No question. So it's interesting to see how guys perform in March, how much that affects guys in March. And then maybe a year or two later to realize like just how little relevance those performances had in the NBA. And who knows, occasionally it translates. Like you see a guy from a smaller school who was really, really good. I'm thinking of like a CJ McCollum torching Duke. And, and you really did find something. And maybe you discovered a guy who was valuable, who you wouldn't have noticed if they didn't really shine against a blue blood in March. So it's, it's interesting to see when it's relevant, when it isn't. Uh, usually I don't really believe in it, but I, I just I find it fascinating year after year after year how much we invest as a drafting community in one, two, or three games. Coming up, yep. Gavin Shaw's thoughts on who you should be watching in the Final Four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gavin, uh, here's my least favorite part of draft season. Actually, I have three of them, and I've ranked them. I know it's not, awesome. power, I have, I know it's not power Thursday yet, but uh, here are my three least favorite things about draft season. Yeah. Number three, the annual opinionator that comes out with the totally original take that the draft, the NBA draft, should be dissolved completely. Oh, have yep. I not said that yet? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there later on. Okay, good. We uh, yeah, good, great. <laughs> um, and number two, the the phrase "solid role player." People who've been listening to the show for a long time know that I have a, a deep hate for the 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 phrase "solid role player" because it oh, doesn't boy. because it doesn't mean anything. Like, what does mm-hmm. that mean? The word "solid." Just tell me: Can he shoot? Can he not shoot? How well can he shoot? What's the percentage? Can he pass? What's his assist turnover ratio? Give me some numbers. Give me some information. Solid doesn't help me a lot. And then uh, finally, number one, uh, the number one least favorite thing about draft season for me, the Hornets being forced to take a player who rockets down the draft board. That's the least favorite part of draft season for me. It seems to happen every year. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a guarantee for sure. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thoughts on the news about Cody Zeller's injury? That's a tough one, man. I mean, what the f- dude? Uh-oh. He's just injured, man. It's, it's okay. okay. It's Look, just, you know, he's injuries just happen. To deal with an injury. He didn't want. To <laughs> All get right, Gavin. Who are you going to be watching the, during sorry, the final guys, four? We've got Villanova, Kansas, Michigan, Loyola, uh, Chicago. Uh, who are the players that, that uh, you'll be watching and that others oh, should watch the as it pertains to the network? Your right, team uh, I'll, I'll just, just roll through it team by team. Uh, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, I love them. They've been great. Uh, shout out to Sister Jean. Uh, my only concern is that she might be the best NBA prospect on their team. I just, <laughs> nah. it's, it's interesting because we, in the past when we've seen teams make final four runs, like yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like mid-majors, they've usually had that one guy that you're like, oh, that's an NBA player. Like obviously Gordon Hayward with Butler – uh, the two consecutive seasons they made the title is, is kind of the consummate example of that in my mind. But then you also occasionally have teams like uh, maybe George Mason in 2006 who make that run and are just really well-balanced, really skilled college players. And uh, to be honest with you guys, I, I haven't watched quite as much 
Loyola Chicago as I've wanted to. So maybe there's a guy on there that I'm just missing. But from what I've seen and what I've read, there isn't really necessarily that one surefire NBA guy on that team. They're, they're just your typical mid-major college team with a lot of vets uh, that, that, that have hit some big shots along the way and that have a bunch of really good guys and maybe a couple of guys that all have nice careers in Europe, but I'm not necessarily sure there's that one NBA guy on the roster. Uh, Michigan, a little bit of a different story. Uh, I wouldn't say they're as talented as the last time they made the final four when of course they had four future NBA players, at least I, I might be missing some, uh, Trey Burke, uh, who's now the best point guard in the NBA on the New York Knicks, uh, Tim Hardaway, one of the best shooting guards in the league on, on the New York Knicks. I don't know if you guys are noticing a trend here. Uh, Nick Stout, <laughs> one of the better guards in the NBA on the Brooklyn Nets. And then uh, Karis LeVert also on the Brooklyn Nets. Somehow all those guys ended up in New York. Uh, weird. But yeah, <laughs> that, that team was really, really good. And I, I don't necessarily have quite as strong feelings uh, on the Michigan Wolverines uh, this year. I know uh, Mo Wagner, uh, the center out of Germany, who's on this Michigan team is considered a top 20 prospect by the ringer. And I think a couple of other sources, uh, he's someone who's, uh, who's pretty intriguing to me, uh, not necessarily going to be a great rim protector despite being six eleven, but is active and, and solid on defense and can really shoot the basketball. Well, I know they compare him to a, a Kelly Olynyk or a Channing Fry. I, I don't, I don't think he's quite on the Channing Fry level as a shooter and I don't really think he's on a Linux level as an offensive player but he's someone who projects as an interesting uh, backup big on the NBA level with an inside outside game and I could see him being a really solid oh oh my god I almost said it uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's gonna be I don't know I think he's gonna be a nice scoring backup center in the league yeah th- thank god you mentioned there you, go. I, I you would have had four solid role players for me already uh, he's he's gonna be nice and then uh, I kind of like uh, Charles Matthews on their team too uh, the Kentucky transfer he's been really really good in this NCAA tournament run I don't, I don't know if he's been consistent enough throughout the year to declare for the draft already but he's someone who if not this year maybe next year or two years in a row is a little bit similar in the mold of a Karis LeVert to me I don't, I don't know if he's that type of athlete but I, I could see him being a really solid guard in the NBA because he's big and really knows how to play uh, Kansas and Villanova, it's intriguing because these, these are two blue bloods, two, two teams that have been pretty dominant throughout the season, but you don't necessarily see that one NBA guy or at least stud on either team. And that, that's why I'm a little bit disappointed uh, that Kansas knocked off Duke. I, I don't know. How, you, how, how do you guys feel about Duke what? as a Charlotte guys? Do, do you hate him? Do you like him? Well, we're, we're both. We do not like him. Wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer that. Thanks Go for ahead. jumping Go in ahead, there, Doug. David. Yeah, we, we were both Carolina grads. So I think oh, just gotcha. naturally, okay, so, yes, we so have. Your enjoyment. Yeah. We and, have the bias. But I, but I think it's interesting on Kansas because yeah. uh, knowing uh, little about college basketball, I went to some of the draft boards to see – where some of these players that I was watching in that Kansas Duke game, you, you know, were yeah. going to land, and really only one player, Graham, is is slated as a first round pick, despite uh, how well that team played. And uh, Malik Newman, I did the hero of, of that game right now, sitting in what like fortieth, uh, the the second somewhere deep in the second round. Yeah, no, no, that that's what's that's what I, I don't think a lot of people have gotten about this Kansas team. This is probably Bill Self's worst team in terms of talent in maybe the last 
five, six, seven seasons. Like I'm, I might be missing a year, but they really don't have that one surefire NBA guy. And that, that to me, like is, is a coach who on the college level, it's trashed a lot for losing the elite. He did such an incredible job this year. And frankly, coach circles around coach K um, in that elite eight matchup. So, I mean, I guess again, getting back to my previous point, a little bit of a disappointment for me not to see Duke here because I was interested to see how those freshmen held up against the Villanova team. I think is the best in the country, but I, I think it was all worth it for the look. But Gavin, you, you know what? Yeah. You know what people forget a lot about Bill Self. Yeah, that he has a really thick Southern accent. I always That's forget true. that. It, it I always weird. they get we get to we get to the Final Four and he he has these press conferences and he comes out and he sounds like sort of a stereotypical Southern lawyer. Mm. I always yeah. forget that he has this just thick molasses country accent. No, I, th- I think it's really good for recruiting. He like, he like puts guys under a spell and he, he gets them uh, up there. <laughs> hey, hey, Gavin, you mentioned yeah. um, uh, Graham for Kansas, another veteran guard there. How does he compare to the guy that came out of Kansas last year, Mason Jr.? I mean, they, they, yeah. they both – seem to project to like backup point guards in the NBA, but is he grayed out higher right now or does he fall in about the same spot? You know, it's interesting because Mason was pretty definitively the better college player. And I don't think it was particularly close. Like if you remember at the end of Kansas's uh, elite eight run last year, there were, they, I think they fell against Oregon and there was a stretch where Mason scored like 20 out of their 21 points. Well, Devonte Graham hasn't really had an exceptionally good tournament. Like he's had his moments, but it, it's really been Kansas's supplementary players that have carried them. To this point, uh, I, I think if anything, Mason's going to have the better NBA career, even though Graham has a slightly more translatable still set with his game being based even more around his three-point shooting. I, I just don't really see one elite projectable skill on Graham. And, and frankly, I think if he didn't play for Kansas, like may, maybe there's a situation where he'd score more and, and he'd be a little bit more of a household name. But I, I really I don't even know if he'd necessarily be uh, considered a, a, even a borderline first round draft pick. Like, I, I guess there's a chance he goes there, but I, I really think he ultimately falls in the second round because I just don't really see any part of his game that flashes. And I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that, that will really stand out to evaluators on the next level. I see his ceiling as kind of a, a, a decent backup guard. Um, and then if, um, if you, if you go down the rest of that Kansas roster, there isn't really that one other guy that, has necessarily made his stock shoot up outside of perhaps Malik Newman, who was obviously incredible against Duke. And it's interesting with Newman because he was considered a, a top recruit at a high school. And I think initially ended up at uh, Ole Miss might've been Mississippi state uh, coach uh, didn't have a good relationship with him ends up transferring to Kansas and has been a dynamic scorer at points, but the consistency just hasn't been there. So Newman, after a great tournament, especially if he ends up leading Kansas past Villanova into a title, he could potentially declare after this year. But I, I think it's more likely he comes back, rounds out his game, and maybe turns himself into a solid enough scorer to be a first-round prospect. But to him, I see kind of a similar issue uh, with Graham, where he doesn't necessarily have the most well-rounded game. And, and the one talking point with him is his scoring, but I mean, you, you could you could derive from that Duke game. He's an elite scorer. If you watch him the whole season, I wouldn't necessarily put him in that category. Uh, do, do you guys want to get into Villanova a little bit, or do you? Well, want let's to, let's say Villanova uh, for yeah. the the next Wednesday because I really want okay. to put the microscope on Mikael Bridges. He's a player uh, that's good. right now projected to the Hornets uh, at uh, that number ten slot if the Hornets do stay there. Uh, so I really want to like dig down deep into this player. So whether or not. Villanova loses we will we'll do that next Wednesday what do you say no that sounds great and uh, I just uh, 
uh, I guess a preview for you guys. Omari Spellman, also a guy that's really starting to intrigue me on that Villanova team. Okay. Well, th- those nice. are some names to watch from Gavin Shaw, host of Locked On Nets. He comes on every Wednesday to talk some NBA draft with us. Gavin, before you go, big news, big draft news. Leangelo yeah. Ball declares for the NBA draft. My question is this. Are you as tired as I am of all of these Eastern European prospects <laughs> that we don't know anything about getting yeah, all of league. this draft buzz? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it it it's it's really it it it's it's frustrating. And, and you know, him, where's the tape on Leangelo Ball? Guy, it's 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 insane. Yeah, no, I put I put them in the exact same category. So if we we if we could just cut that out and like these guys could come play college basketball, and not get paid like the rest of the players. That that would just be spectacular. Gavin Shaw, you can hear him on Locked On Nets. All right, Gavin, we really appreciate your time, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, of course, Doug, David, all the best. Uh, hope you guys kill the rest of the show. See you. Thanks, Gavin. So I'm reading up on this uh, Leangelo, it. Leangelo Ball story, and it's just, it's great. And I have one more thought about it that I'd like to share, but first we have to take a short pause. You are listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Here on Basketball Reference, one of my favorite things is the nicknames they have listed for people. Mm-hmm. Take a guess at what Zach Collins' nickname is. Uh, the, the big cricket. Doug? Doug? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really good. How am I supposed to compete with the big cricket? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Oh, it's a, it's a play on the big ticket. I just got that too. Gosh, how did we miss that? It's been almost a year since that soundbite happened. That was our draft analysis last year. And I just I just realized that, that Zach Collins nickname is a play on the big ticket. My God. It's classic Steve Bob for you right there. All right. So I what we didn't even mention it then. It took us a year to figure that out. We're getting it. We're getting it. Uh, okay. This Still is what I want to say on the Leangelo Ball story, just real quick. Uh, the most amazing thing about that whole story is that Leangelo Ball has an agent that is not oh, that is not his father. Like, how does that work? I feel like the agent for any member of the Ball family is like is like a chief of staff for Donald Trump. Like, you have some say, certainly, but ultimately. You you are probably frustrated with how little control you have over over day to day situations, negotiations, and and anything in your universe. Well, I'm sure he's there just to field he or she is there just to field phone calls and filter out things to the rest of the ball family. I don't know. It, it, it's pretty impressive though. Actually, I will give somebody deserves credit for this. I guess it's Lagello. It's, it's it's pronounced Lagello, right? Yeah. Uh, it's declares- not Angelo. Flagella? It says there's an A in there. When did the A get dropped? There's a Leangelo. Wait. Which one? (laughs) There's a lot. I thought it was Lagella. Anyway, he scored 72 points after declaring. I mean, that is, you can't write a better script than that unless they actually wrote that script and told everyone to let him score 70 points. So that's, that was, it's L I capital A 
N G E L O. L I. Leangelo. Leangelo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. The Hornets take on the Cavs tonight here That's in Charlotte. That's a breakdown of <laughs> the big. <laughs> The big story, Kimball Walker, 20 points away from a franchise scoring record. Certainly possible that he breaks it tonight here in Charlotte against the Cavs. 20 points. Uh, Kimba averaging nearly 25 a game, had 31 against uh, in the last game against New York. Uh, he's also one more freebie away from breaking Gerald Wallace's record of free throws made. They are both sitting at 1,998. So a couple of reasons to go out and watch Hornets-Cavs. The Hornets are not technically out of the playoff picture, though my, I think Miami, uh, they have now clinched over, over Charlotte, but Milwaukee loses. So there is a, still a mathematical possibility that the Hornets could win out and win a tiebreaker uh, over the Milwaukee Bucks or possibly pass them if Milwaukee had just an absolute historic collapse. So watch for that too, I guess. Uh, the Cavs were blown out by Miami last night on national tele- television, 98-79. to 79. Cavs starters were 1 of 16 from 3, and Miami blocked 9 shots. So David, my key to the game, protect the paint, do your best to defend the 3-point line, hope they don't get hot. If you knock out one of Kevin Love's teeth, that seemed to help Miami. Yeah, Only played 7 minutes in that game, had a knocked out tooth, don't know his status yet for tonight's game. But uh, didn't didn't hurt the Heat's chances because look, I mean the Cavs when they start running those five out lineups with LeBron James, how do you how do you defend that? I don't understand how how you're supposed to defend that under any circumstances. And it almost it makes me look at the Hornets roster and their starting unit. Though we talk a lot about how that starting unit plays well overall good point differential, sort of up there with some of the starting units in, in the rest of the NBA. You look at that starting unit and, and with MKG and Dwight Howard in the lineup at the same time, and then you see how these other teams are operating, like the Cavaliers, and, and how much shooting they have on their roster and how little shooting the Hornets have on your roster, on their roster. And it really makes you start to think like, okay, maybe maybe a serious retool is in order over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, big redirect. A guy that really gave the heat, or excuse me, gave the Cavs problems last night early on was James Johnson, man. He was super aggressive in the start of that game on both ends. Uh, tried to body up LeBron a little bit and then really pushed the ball up the floor and made them defend and caused a bunch of problems for them. And the Cavs just shut down. Yeah, when, when Love went out, they could not get anything going. And the Heat, I mean, Dwayne Wade, how many blocks did he have on, on LeBron? Two? Did he end up with just two? Dose. Yeah, so um, that was a bizarre game. I kept thinking the Cavs were going to make a run, but they they stayed, like, down 20 points the whole game. And you know who's favorite tonight, Doug, in Charlotte? You know who the favorite is right now? I'm going to go with the Cavaliers. The Hornets are favored by one. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's according to what I saw early, early this morning. That's so we'll interesting. I mean, maybe shifts. maybe they are anticipating Kevin Love not playing, or because I look, I mean, the Cavaliers are fighting for a playoff spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean they're not fighting for a playoff spot. They're fighting for playoff positioning. positioning. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Back to back. Now, that was a line I saw like as part of ESPN's flash, and then I went to find it on our, our trusty MyBookie site, and I could not find it. So they may be waiting for Kevin Love. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting note there. If you can find that, <laughs> I don't know. Do what you will with that information. Zach Lowe writing about the Hornets again in his uh, 10 Things I Like and Don't Like. What? Number eight. He said yeah. he was done. No, five days ago. He wrote about Malik Monk stepping back. Uh, has anyone told, he says, he writes, has anyone told Monk you don't get extra points for step back jumpers? This is something you've noticed, David, that Malik Monk loves the step back. He loves a good step back. Loves to shoot. Yeah. Loves to shoot all the time. But he's right. You know, yeah. there's there's no degree of difficulty bonus. Just just take that straight up. Although some guys just sort of get in, into a rhythm. We've seen it with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I mean, he lo- I mean, he has to take the one dribble. He really struggles to just pull up. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you get into practice and you do something over and over again and you get in a groove and and that's what you want. It's sort of finding finding your rhythm, finding your shot. Yeah, I mean it's a little hitch that he can work out and he's just trying to get still comfortable this season. But yeah, man, probably get it off quicker, I would suppose, if you didn't have to do the the old step back. Something he probably maybe did in college and is falling back into, you know. All right. It's going to be a good game. Hornets-Cavs, a lot of records on the line. And Dwight, I think, is only 90-ish rebounds away from Shaq. So if he continues to play and rebound at the rate that we've seen him rebound of late, there's a chance that he could pass Shaq on the all-time rebounds list. So records continue to fall, reasons to watch, and uh, we're going to keep talking about the NBA draft and the future of the Charlotte Hornets. David, what's your concern level at this point that they have not hired a general manager? And we really haven't heard yeah. a ton more about interviews or candidates or anything like that. Well, I don't think there's – have any other spots opened up? Like there's not – I mean, there's only so many GM spots, right, available in the league. I, I don't recall any other – I haven't kept close tabs on it, but have you heard of any other ones opening up? So like they're not competing with anybody really right now? Right, yeah, no, the, no yeah, one else has so, I mean, made that kind of significant move yet. Yeah, so I mean, that you're okay with that. The season is still going on, but I mean, we are under ten games to go here, so you. Well, it's like tax season, someone. right? I mean, yeah. I, I was, I was just look. It's almost April first, which means it's almost April fifteenth, and I, mm-hmm. I have not even thought about taxes yet. And it, it comes quick. <laughs> well, it comes quicker than you think. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah. it's April 14th, and you're like, oh, my God. All of a sudden, it's the draft, and you're you're not in, in a great position because you haven't had someone installed for weeks who, who has been preparing and and looking at the situation. And I think the sooner the better for the Charlotte Hornets oh, that, sure. that they for make sure. that move if they find that right candidate. I mean, get it. Look, getting the right candidate, get obviously, right. is is the priority. But at the same time, you cannot – you cannot wait this out too long. You have to have somebody installed. Uh, so we'll watch that. Uh, we will be tweeting the game live tonight at Locked On Hornets on Instagram at Locked On Hornets as well. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Big thanks again to Gavin Shaw. Follow him on Twitter and uh, on uh, and listen to him on Locked On Net. Smart guy, smart basketball guy. Always Super glad smart. to have his analysis. David, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, apologies to LiAngelo and the entire Ball family and all of Facebook. That's good. It's very humble. <laughs> it's very unball like of you 
to step up to the microphone and say, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts on Twitter at Locked on Hornets for uh, Twitter Tuesday next week. We're back again tomorrow with Matt Fox for Power Thursdays. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.